This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus and your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. So is it time to buy bank stocks? You know, as you go back over the decades... Um, bank stocks have proven to be a pretty good investment over time. But over the last year, they're down about 13%. And uh, what you find is when you look at uh, bank stocks and what's happening in the market, rising interest rates, uh, shaky kind of economy, you know, as, as an outlook, where do we, what do we do about this? So what we're going to do today is we're going to ask um, Pat Somerville, who's a senior partner with uh, Hamilton ETFs. They specialize in bank stocks. He's going to join us to talk about it because... What you find over time is that it's always worked out great if you bought the dip or bought bank stocks when they're down. You know, these stocks, every time we've had a correction in bank stocks from the bottom, it's taken them only one year to go right back up to where they left off from. So if a stock was $50 a share and went down to 40 within a year it went back over $50 a share. So that's what history has shown us. The other thing that you got to realize, too, is if you have a stock and it pays you a 4% dividend, and it goes down 10 or 15%, that dividend, actually, if you buy it at that lower price, you get the same dividend, but at a lower price, so that increases your yield. So instead of getting 4%, you would be getting 4.5% or 4.6%. So buying low has a couple of uh, different features there. So uh, Pat will join us and give us a rundown on if we should be uh, you know, nibbling here at the uh, Canadian bank stocks. But first... Um, I wanted to go over a guide. Like last week, we introduced a new guide that came out, and it's um, 2023 Financial Planning Strategies for Seniors. We went over that, and uh, we're going to go over that again today because, remember, preserving and growing your wealth may involve uh, taking care of estate uh, planning, tax planning, how to invest your investments, how to put together the portfolio to uh, you know basically set up and, and fit in with your objectives and your growth factors. So all those things are important. So we have a special guide focused on different items that are available just to those 65. So if you stay right there, I'm going to go over the top five. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money and calling all those listeners out there that are over 65 years old because there's some strategies out there when you're investing and looking at taxes and looking at estate planning, um, you know, that are specific to those that are over 65. So let's go over some of those right now and I'll go over to the top three or four, but I have a great handout for you and it's going to cover all of these um, strategies that you should be considering. You know, one that you want to consider is uh, income splitting, and you know, with uh, pensions, once you're over 65, you can split your you can split a pension, and and you can create a pension if you don't have one with your RRSP. So, say for instance, you're 65 years old, the spouse is um, uh, 
could be any age, actually, and you're retired and you have this RRSP and your income's a lot lower. So you can convert your RRSP to a RIF and then you can take out $2,000 because you get a $2,000 pension credit that can match up against that and save you some tax. So that's an opportunity for you once you get over age 65. You can't do it below 65. You can also split your Canada pension plan. So that's another thing that you should be looking at uh, if you're starting to uh, draw it and you've waited till age 65, you can split that. Um, so those are two items that you can do in terms of uh, pension style investments. The other thing you want to look at is uh, tax minimization strategies. And one thing that you can do and you have to understand the, the strategy behind it is if you're turning 71 this year, and so you're over 65, you're 71 years old, and you're going to be converting your RSP to a RIF, you can make your one last RRSP contribution now for this year. Um, and you have to do it by December 31st. So everyone else can wait till, you know, like the end of February, like, like normal. But now you can't because technically, as soon as the clock goes over from December 31st, you technically have a RIF account. You don't have an RRSP account. So you have to do it now. The other thing you can do as well is if you're still working, um, the way that RRSPs work is that it depends on your your before income, how much contribution room you have. So if you're 71 years old and you're still working, you can get an extra RRSP contribution in there if you do an extra one near the end of the year, near the end of December of this year. So if you'd like to get more information on that, that's going to be enclosed a bit in the uh, outline that we're going to be sending you. So that's a particular strategy for somebody still working, still going to be working once they turn 72. They're going to be converting their RSP to the RIF. They want to get one extra RSP contribution in. There's a strategy to do it, and you do it right at the very end of the year. The other thing you have to look at uh, when you turn 65 is that old age security. So old age security is a pension, and it kind of the amount you're going to get is depending on how long you've lived in Canada over the age of uh, 18, and that's going to determine what you get. So the maximum benefit so far in 2023 is $687.56 a month. So that's what you have coming in. But you got to understand that OAS is an income-tested benefit. So it's subject to, you know, what the government calls recovery tax. So that's most commonly on our, you know, on our show, I call it the old day, it's uh, clawback. So you get clawed back. So where do you start getting clawed back? And this is where you have to understand taxes a bit is that if you start making income over 86000 they start to claw back your old age um, security So because of that testing. And then once you get up over uh, 110000 it's all clawed back. So it gradually gets clawed back, but it starts at, so the key number again is $87,000. So it's 86912 So that's the key number that you want to look at when you're uh, putting together your income, looking at income tax. You want to be under that number if it's possible so that you don't have a essentially an extra tax by getting your old age uh, security clawed back. The other thing you get on your tax return is uh, age credits. So if you're over 65 years old, you can claim an age amount. So that, uh, again, it depends on the the amount uh, of income that you got, but it's a a non-refundable tax credit of $1,259. So that's all explained in the uh, handout uh, as well as the amount of income that you have to have so that you uh, can qualify for that age credit. So that's one to, to, to watch out for. Other couple things is, you know, you do trust planning. Once you're 65 years old, there's different ways to set up trusts. If you're alive and you set up a trust, so that's you're going to take an amount of money that you th- don't think you're in a position where you're not going to need that 
for regular income. You can freeze it and put it for your uh, whoever you want your assets to go to on death, and it'll freeze inside of this InterVivos Trust, and you can give it away at that point. Also, you can consider um, a testamentary trust, so that's a situation where you have your assets um, and you pass away. You They go into a trust first. They don't go to individuals. goes into this trust, and then the trust delivers out the money over staged periods. That's what it basically a testamentary trust is. And it'd be a scenario where you don't want to, or you, you don't feel that the recipients of the money are going to spend it maybe correctly, or they're going to need uh, help down the line. This is a way to preserve the asset, and then they get access to the income from the particular asset. That's called a testamentary trust. You can also gift assets, and that's all explained in there, The uh, how you can actually, if I give a gift right now, if I've paid tax on the asset, and I have the after-tax money in my account, I can give it away, and how do I do that? So that's all explained in there, too. But um, And there's a lot more in the, uh, in the publication as well on top of those. Those are just the, the quick five we can talk about here now. So if you'd like to get a copy, of course, on Primetime Money, it's free for the asking. All you got to do is call Dominique, and it's called the 2023 Financial Planning Strategies for Those... 65 plus. Just give Dominique a call now if you could get a copy of that. 1 891 2637. That's 1 891 2637 for the 2023 financial planning strategies for those 65 plus. Okay, is it time to buy the dip on the bank stocks out there? Stay right there. Pat Somerville is a senior partner at Hamilton ETFs. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And joining us now is Pat Somerville. He's a senior partner with Hamilton ETFs. Hey, good morning, Pat. Thanks for uh, joining us here today. Good morning, Richard. Thanks for having me. Yeah, in the introduction, we talked about uh, bank stocks and is it an opportunity now to um, you know participate. You know, the uh, Canadian Bank Index is down over 12% for the last 12 months. So, you know, the big question we're getting from the listeners is it time to invest? Yeah, no, that's a good question and a, a common one that we've been getting. Um, you know, we have a unique specialty in the sector, and um, obviously, it's been a um, you know a challenging period for the Canadian banks, as you mentioned, over the last twelve months. They were down uh, last year as well, and I think this year they're down about five percent as well, just for the year, uh, for the lot for year to date. Um, so, uh, why don't I just quickly address why they're down, um, or why we think they're down? The main reason really has just been um, falling price to earning multiples which have been caused by market concern that, you know, central banks, the Bank of Canada could potentially cause a recession by aggressively raising interest rates to tame inflation fears. And so that's really been um, the main catalyst uh, for the falling stocks. Um, Stock prices have basically declined. But what's interesting is, at the same time, analyst estimates for Canadian bank results um, have remained very firm. So right now you're kind of in this weird market where it's sort of a you know analyst versus market scenario. Yeah. Um, so when you your question is a good one, is it time to invest? I think it really depends, and we you know at Hamilton ETS we would say it really depends on your time frame. If you're short term focused, you know obviously there's there's a lot of there's you know fair amount of uncertainty in the market, um, and but at the same time that creates long term opportunities for um, long term investors, and so right now. Here we are. The Canadian banks are trading at 
highly depressed valuations. Um, they're trading at about nine times forward PE. And history has been very kind to people who, um, to investors who buy at these levels, as long as they can look out a few years, right? Yeah. So it's not all, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but you don't get these valuations when you have, when everything's going great. Um, so I think the real question that I think investors need to ask on whether or not to buy the banks right now is, has the market already discounted most of the bad news? Yeah. Um, and at these multiples, we would say it likely has. Yeah, I, I, um, I thought yeah. some of the things people were worried about, I, I'll give you a couple of that, you know, we've been getting sure. questions on. One is, um, you know, because of what you talked about, slowing economy, potential recession, um, mm-hmm. the impact um, that it would have on, you know, lending from uh, the consumer side, like consumers, you know, slowing down, uh, borrowing money. Mm-hmm. And the second one was, you know, the pressure of what's happening with commercial real estate and how does right. that affect bank stocks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's getting a lot of the, um, the headlines, and, and I do think that is a critical question, um, mainly just credit. Like, there's two main drivers of Canadian bank results or Canadian share price returns for the banks. Um, one is credit, and then the other one is, is capital markets. Right. Um, and so I think the one on credit is it really should inform people, you know, whether or not they're bearish or bullish, what's their view of, of, um, of credit in this market. Um, so it's no secret um, that, you know, things have been slowing and there's heightened potential for a recession due to the rapid rise in inflation. Um, but like I said, you know, financial markets are they're generally forward looking, right? And bank stocks are already pricing in a lot of this bad news. And I would also say that the analysts are already being very conservative in their estimates for credit. So right now they're forecasting loan losses of around $12 billion for 2023, and then they're forecasting $14 billion um, for 2024. Like these are big numbers, right? Yeah, for sure. And I would say the big thing that people should look at is, do you think that loan losses are going to come in above what the analysts are estimating or below? Um, because this is already sort of priced in the market, right? And as it sits today with unemployment still you know, quite good, um, you know, nothing's perfect, but we, you know, right now the results would show um, on the last, the first few quarters of this year that um, loan losses are coming in. Um, they're annualizing to below what the analysts are already predicting. Um, so we we think that's really the the main guidepost that people should be looking at um, uh, in terms of their assessment of the sector. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know what? When you look at the the bank stocks, um, what I've noticed, I went back over the last fifty, sixty, seventy years, and Every time you've had these kinds of dips from the bottom to where they, the, the dip started, uh, it's only mm-hmm. taken bank stocks a year to get back over those numbers again. Yeah. No, they have a very good track record yeah. uh, of, of coming back. And, and then the other thing to remember is they have very healthy dividend yields that are you know, 99.9% solid. And, you know, so it's, we, you know, we're not overly excited about, you know, like there's, you know, there's lots of uncertainty, but, you know, it may be one of those scenarios where they, the banks just muddle through um, and you collect your coupon and, and you and you wait for the eventual multiple expansion, which will come at some point when things improve. Um, yep. So uh, we, we think that's a, um, a pretty good strategy for people who can look out the long term and just collect the dividends and, and wait for things to turn around at some point. Yeah, if you're, you know, you look across the board and, and look at these stocks, if you're, if you're getting, you know, 5% dividend, Correct. You know, the people yeah. are saying, "Well, I can go to the bank and get a five percent GIC, but if you get a dividend with the tax break, you're you're better off here with right." Uh, and the other bank. thing too is, yeah, it's like the results. Um, you know, like the the Canadian banks. You know, they're reporting this morning. So far, it's a bit mixed. Royal Beat TD TD missed a bit, um, but yeah, I mean, just just looking at over the long term, 
um, we see no reason to suggest that they won't go back to their more normal multiples yeah. over, over a longer period of time. Now, you guys have specialized products in uh, Canadian banks. We so, do. Yes. Um, and then again, like you can buy them in the market, you know, then a prudent thing to do is if you're uncertain here is you just stage your purchases over a period of time. But while you're waiting, you're getting a great dividend. But you guys enhance the dividend. Explain what you guys have got available there in Canadian yeah, banks. Yeah, we, we have two ways um, that I would highlight um, if you're looking for a little bit of enhancement. So um, the first is the Hamilton Enhanced Canadian Bank ETF. Uh, the ticker is HCAL. Um, this is exposure just to the big six Canadian banks, equally weighted to, to the six banks. And then we um, use a little bit of leverage, so modest leverage of 25%. And so what that does is, is two things. It increases the dividend yield. So the yield of HCAL is you know, just below seven now, I believe, maybe six and a half. Um, and it also enhances the long-term growth potential. Now, everything has a trade-off, right? When you're adding a little bit of leverage, you take on a bit more volatility. So uh, we would say that one's more geared to people, uh, more longer-term investors um, who can um, uh, accept a little bit more volatility in their portfolio. Um, but the leverage is very small at 25%, so it's not enough to permanently alter the risk reward of the sector in our opinion okay so that's one idea that's the top performing canadian bank etf in canada since we launched it several years ago um and then the other one uh, is is more uh geared towards income investors um it's a covered call etf the hamilton financials yield maximizer etf so this is a bit more diversified than hcal um it has exposure to the banks um about 75 percent bank exposure and then some exposure to the insurers as well but we utilize a covered call strategy um, on the portfolio to enhance the yield. The yield on that is quite significant. It's above 13%. Oh. Um, but like I said earlier, there's a trade-off with everything. HCAL, you're taking on a bit more volatility um, for a higher yield and more return potential. Uh, whereas HMAX, um, because of the covered calls, um, you're capping your upside, right? So you're, you're trading income, high level of income, uh, but giving up on some upside potential. Um, so we would say HMAX, generally what we're trying to do is deliver a yield of 13% plus, um, and then offer, you know, half the upside potential of the sector, you know, if and when they, uh, they eventually rally. Okay, let's go back to the HCAL, uh, since we're talking mm-hmm. mostly about banks. Um, like that, if you, if a, one of the listeners invests in there, is he getting all six banks, one-sixth each, or how does that, how does that work? Yeah, it's just equally weighted, yeah, okay. across all six banks, correct. Okay, so that's pretty simple to... Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's your, yeah, yeah, very simple strategy, just a, a bit more growth and a bit more yield from the, uh, yeah. the leverage. And then, you know, the whole sector is down and, you know, some are down a little bit more than others. Instead of taking on that risk, you can spread it across and get everybody involved, uh, you know, all the banks involved with the, uh, that one investment. Yeah, agreed. And the banks are quite a bit different from each other now yeah. than they used to be. And so having exposure, uh, you know, like a, a diversified uh, mix, uh, we think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, yeah, I work for a bank. So, you know, at Royal Bank, right. you know, our strength yeah. is capital markets and capital markets are a little bit stronger than other sectors mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, you know, credit cards or loans and those types of things. Right. Yeah. So you're going to get different results in this way. You can get a participation in all of them. Okay. Again, uh, just before we uh, finish here, Pat, what, what are the, what are the, the symbols for those two companies again? Yeah. So the yeah. two ETFs, ETFs. Uh, that I highlighted are HMAX, H-M-A-X. That's the yield focus one um, with a yield of 13% plus. Okay. Uh, and then HCAL, H-C-A-L, um, that's our enhanced Canadian bank ETF, which uses a little bit of leverage, modest leverage at 25%. Yeah. You know, and this, this kind of a market, though, the thing I think the listeners need to understand is that, um, you know, when you're buying these low and you're doing a covered call, you're kind of giving away a bit of the... Uh, 
the growth. Absolutely, but at, yeah. but at the end of the day, the the leverage is going to help that situation because it's give you an opportunity to get a little bit more of that growth, right? Correct. Yeah. So I think they're just different types of investors, right? Yeah. Like HMAX, if yield is your focus, that's a very good, and there's a tax efficiency to cover call strategies as well because the option premium income is taxed as capital gains. So, but it's it's really for the income investor, um, whereas HCAL is is really just for a, a growth and income investor, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So great ideas again, Pat. Thanks for uh, okay. joining us here on the show. My pleasure. And, and thanks for hosting us and keep up the good work. This is all very good information for people with all the uncertainty going on in the market. So yeah, um, for sure. I think it's uh, beneficial to everybody. All right, sir. Thanks again. You take care. Okay. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Okay, that was Pat Somerville. He's a senior partner and head of business development at Hamilton ETFs. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Hamilton ETFs. Now, we're going to be uh, putting together a WebEx uh, so that's a virtual seminar that's um, free for you guys if you want to um, cut in on it. We're going to be doing it with Rob Wessel, who's the, um, Pat Somerville's other partner that manages the uh, funds there. We're going to be talking about banks. So if you want to write down this date, it's going to be uh, Wednesday, September the 13th. And it's going to run from 11 a.m. till approximately uh, 1230 or so. I'm going to be doing part of the uh, presentation and I'll be talking about the general markets. But uh, Pat and Rob will be talking about uh, specifically banks and bank stocks and uh, the outlook for the bank stocks. I know a lot of you will be owning individual bank stocks, but you may want to add to them. Maybe this is an opportunity to enhance with uh, some of the products that they have, ETF products, to get some banks. If you don't have banks, this may be an opportunity to start to uh, buy in. The earnings are coming through now. Um, this week, you'll start to see some of the uh, the bank earnings start to come through for the uh, Canadian banks, so you're going to kind of get a picture, and they kind of do a forecast and, and let you know where things are going. So, this is a great opportunity for you. So, we'll be talking, focusing on the banks, but also focusing on, um, you know, looking forward and uh, seeing what's happening with the market. So, that's uh, September the 13th. It's going to run from 11 a.m. till around 12:30. Uh, it's a WebEx virtual seminar. So, all you got to do is give Dominique a call now: one eight six six eight nine one twenty six thirty seven. That's one eight six six. 891-2637 to get uh, your name on the list and she'll send you out the information to get yourself uh, set up to uh, participate in the uh, WebEx presentation that's going to be on uh, Wednesday, September the 13th. Okay, wow, that's all the time we have for today's show. We'll see you all back here next Sunday at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.